Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Terry and Francesca Ballon are a mother and daughter who were both diagnosed with the same eye condition from birth. And although they share the same eye condition, Terry and Francesca had very different experiences of growing up with a visual impairment and going through the educational system. And Terry and her daughter Francesca join me on the line now. How are you doing today, guys? I'm really good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio. Now, uh, you guys have some story. I know that the, you both have an eye condition called aniridia, amongst a few other eye conditions. But Terry, can I start with you? Can you tell us what aniridia actually is? Aniridia is a lack of or only partial iris. A lot of people don't realise that the iris, apart from being that which gives your eye its colour, is the muscle that contracts and expands the pupil. So those of us with aniridia, obviously our pupils don't change shape, which tends to make us photophobic and night blind. Also, when you go from, say, a bright area to a dark area, I personally get flashing light and the reverse when you go out the other way. Now, the reason I've got you two on the, the line at the same time is because you two have had remarkable stories I mean you've you've both really suffered with your condition and with growing up you've had different experiences but similar experiences in a way now Terry I'll start with you uh, you actually did go to a school for partially sighted children didn't you it was purely for partially sighted children anyone that vision deteriorated to a certain level would then get sent off to a school such as Exhall Grange or Linden Lodge so it was purely for partially sighted children with some vision. And what was your experience like at school? Did you feel that you know being in a school with other partially sighted children helped you along the way? I suppose of the time the thing I would say is that at least it gave us an education and we were fortunate enough in that my dad decided he wasn't going to send my sister and I away to boarding school. He wanted us home at the end of the day but that didn't actually mean that we were included in the community even though we came home at the end of the day we still experienced really bad things within our community because we used to be dropped off by a a special bus from our community we were excluded and because the school we went to took children from all over the southeast of England um, we didn't actually get to see our friends from school except within school times. So growing up must have been quite lonely then? I guess so Um, I suppose the only thing I could say about that is that you know we had a great family life the family life you know kind of made up for it now Francesca you had a completely different experience you went to mainstream school but very early on you were it was noticed that you were excluded and and you felt very bullied at school didn't you Uh, yeah yeah I I think it's all you know it started off from not being able to, as you know, sort of see people approach, perhaps not having, you know, the confidence to approach situations as much as other young children did at the time. And did your your peers at school, did they then bully you? I mean, did they call you names because of your, your partial sight? Yeah, yeah, as I said, you know, with, with uh, it was a number of factors, you know, sort of from the appearance that nystagmus gives to the eyes and sort of from having one to one support throughout the whole time in mainstream, it sort of, it, it sort of said of them, it sort of, Made, made me feel I, I the same as I'm really quite isolated and sort of feel quite a lot, even though I did have a small number of friends. Now, it was but, a teacher at school that actually noticed when you got to secondary school, they noticed that you were being very excluded and bullied, didn't they? It was in um, primary school, actually, at the time. It was um, a sort of an, an LSA who noticed who, who, who knew my family. Um, 
from outside school as well, but she was a um, LSA over in the school and she noticed and she mentioned it to my mum at the time. Now, this affected you really, really badly, Francesca, didn't it? Because, you know, you were being called names, you were being bullied, you were being excluded. One person even came up to your face and, and accused you of looking stoned, which must be really crushing as as a young teenager. Yeah, yeah. It's, at the time, I guess, sort of, Looking back at it now, it's sort of I I I sort of I would do think to myself, how did I get through it? But it's sort of like you, you get used to it so much. You know, you you hear stuff from people so often that you sort of start to believe it yourself. And you know, I always just wanted to sort of fade in the background, so I never challenged them openly because of fear of further sort of exclusion. Now, this manifested itself in a really, really terrible way for you, Francesca. You did, in fact, end up with mental health uh, problems and you ended up with uh, anorexia nervosa. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, um, I guess, as I said, from the result of, you know, sort of it being, being bullied in primary school, it's sort of I hope that it would sort of, you know, sort of stop after secondary school. So I think, you know, people move on, uh, grow up a bit, get new friends and there's a lot more people, but... Um, it didn't, and it's sort of you know it escalated, and with that I put on a bit, I put on a bit of weight from sort of you know comfort eating and stuff like that, and sort of thing. And then I'm I'm not too sure sort of in my head sort of you know getting to the age of thirteen, fourteen, I just sort of I always just wanted to fit in, you know, not be popular, but just fit in, and I um sort of felt that you know I couldn't change my I couldn't change my eyes, you know, I couldn't I couldn't change I couldn't stop the people bullying me. So the only thing that I could really control was um, my body. So, you know, it was only things that I, me, myself, could control. So that sort of man started to manifest itself in my head. And from there, I sort of, you know, I started uh, not eating and, you know, my family didn't notice. And I started to get really sort of um, angry with my family because I was, you know, I wasn't well and stuff. Do you know, I completely understand where you're coming from. It was one comment made to me uh, at school when I was 13. And I went to a mainstream school and I had no sight issues at the time. But uh, one comment from one silly girl uh, led to years of bulimia with me. So I can appreciate how, you know, if you're being constantly bullied uh, by many different children, how it can affect you because it it never leaves you. Bullying never, ever leaves you. And even now I mean I know you're 20 I'm nearly 40 years old and I still suffer the effects of my bullying but you learn how to manage it and you learn how to deal with it and uh you know Terry as a mother you must have been absolutely beside yourself because Mm. here's your daughter you know struggling with with you know the fact that she's different to everybody else in the school because of her eye condition but also she's being bullied and now she's starving herself You, you must have been terrified well, yeah, it's, it's kind of how do you manage it? Because the only way she'd tell me anything was if I promised not to go into school. So you don't go into school because you don't want your child to close down on you, but actually you need it to be dealt with. Exactly. And of course, things weren't helped by the fact that, you know, very sadly, uh, Francesca's father died just before she was doing her GCSEs. So that must have had a huge impact as well. Yeah, it was, you know, it's almost like another thing that you can't control, um, that was out of your control. So you, you clung on to, you know, being able to control your body even more. At that time, it was very much, you know, the things that I couldn't control, I sort of turned to, you know, my eating side of eating and over-exercising. 
So it, it was a real trauma for, for the whole family at the time. But, you know, you guys have been so supportive towards each other. And I know you've got a sister as well, Francesca, that also yeah. uh, has aniridia. And, and you all cope so incredibly well. You really do. But you, you guys really turned it around for yourselves, didn't you? Because you're a very, very clever girl. You obviously, you know, weren't enjoying mainstream school. But you did go along to New College Worcester, didn't you? Uh, when you were about 14 on mm-hmm. some RNIB vacation weekends as they were called then. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I'd, I'd been on, you know, some of the RIB um, weeks sort of around the country and I'd sort of built up a friendship of uh, other VI um, young people and, um, you know, there was a few who were sort of I heard from them about going to this uh, sort of, it's called a, revi- it was a revision weekend at the time um, to Worcester and um, I sort of decided, you know, I thought to go along because I always said I know my mum will sort of Reinforced. I, I said, you know, I'll, I'll never, I'll never go to specialist. I thought, you know, I actually said it to her on the way to Worcester, and by the time I left, I was like, I want to go there. It's just so. incredible. I mean, Terry, at times, do you ever wish that, like you, you had sent uh, Francesca to a school for partially sighted children or, or a blind school or something, you know, just so that she had been around other blind or partially sighted children? Do you know, in truth, I don't know, because I had a wobble at the beginning. I always vowed that any child of mine would go to mainstream, but I had a wobble and thinking, do I send her to a special school where she gets a good educational foundation because everything will be set up for her, or do I try and include her in a community? And that that was why I chose mainstream, because I thought, well, you know, I can make sure that she gets the right support within education. And I'll say to this day that that the QTVI service did try they were really really good service but you can't you know you can take a horse to water but you can't make it drink you can tell children to take the support but actually you can't make them and if it makes them different why would they take it well the thing is i mean as i said earlier you've really turned your life around francesca and you've done an amazing job and uh, you're now studying criminology and criminal justice i mean that's just incredible you must be so proud of yourself um yeah to me it's I'm more sort of grateful in the way, as you said, you know, the chance to... Because I always believe that, you know, if I wouldn't have gone to Worcester, I wouldn't have passed my A-levels and I wouldn't have gotten into university. So I guess I guess it's more sort of like I'm just thank, more thankful in a way, I guess. And Terry, you must be so incredibly proud of your daughter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the fact that despite her desire to fight against it, you know, she's kind of taken, you know, it's, it has been hard, but getting her to take the support or to, to go down a certain path, you know, uh, it has been hard, but we're strong, you know, we're a close family. And thank goodness you've got each other, really. I mean, it just sounds like such a lovely mother-daughter relationship. Now, Francesca, you are running in the 2017 London Marathon. How did this come about? Um, it was through my sort of affiliation with um, uh, Blind Children UK, who like uh, from from January are going to be fully integrated into Guide Dogs, and I just sort of wanted to raise awareness, firstly as well, um, of of Guide Dogs, but also so you know raise funds so for the, for the advocate service that you know so many young people need because it's it is a postcode lottery and getting getting into sort of you know Worcester and the educational support amongst other things. And it was them that helped you in, wasn't it? Because you had a real battle in your hands, Terry, didn't you? 
Absolutely. I mean, we were we were very, very lucky in that we had a long-term relationship with what was then National Blind Children's Society and a wonderful, wonderful lady called Glynis Critchley, um, to whom we owe a huge debt of gratitude for where Francesca, you know, is today. And obviously NBCS became Blind Children UK without Glynis's support to help us to challenge the local authorities' decision to um, not fund her place at New College Worcester because they deemed it as an inappropriate use of public funds. And the fact that eventually, you know, we had that much evidence that they conceded two weeks before a delayed tribunal says it all for me. So I'm so grateful to them and that's why I'm absolutely supporting Francesca in you know, raising awareness of the fact that everyone thinks of guide dogs as being those four-legged little things, but actually there's a whole load of other services that children and families need to be aware of that, helps, that can help them to get their children the right educational provision in place. But they also help with things like peer support and, you know, counselling and things like that. I mean, Francesca, I know that to this day, and as I was saying earlier, you know, these mental health issues never leave you. Uh, Speaking from experience myself, and I know just what bullying can do to you. But I also know that I have managed it and I've learned how to cope with it. And you feel that guide dogs have been very instrumental in you coming to terms with your mental health conditions, aren't you? I think I think they've sort of you know they've supported me and as as you sort of say you, you can understand you know sort of like your your, your belief in yourself is I you know I described it to my mum as you wake up almost every morning it's so hard to describe to someone who doesn't understand his um you know waking up hating every like part of yourself and sort of not having confidence within yourself but you know through guide dogs sort of asking me to write you know articles and my experiences in mainstream sort of going on to university and the opportunities I've had it's sort of been sort of like self, like you know, the therapy within itself, and sort of you know, speaking to other young people. And now you are giving talks to to other young people and inspiring them. You're such an inspirational character, Francesca. You really are. Thank you. I just, I, I just, I just love it. It's what, it's what I'm passionate about. You know, sort of helping other young society people to get the opportunities that I've now gotten. Well I do think that when you do go through something like sight loss and bullying and all these different kind of things if you can share your experiences with other people and make it a little bit easier for people coming up behind you just to open the door a little bit for them then sometimes you know for me certainly I don't know about you but for me I feel you know my journey with sight loss and, and all the other traumatic things that I've had to deal with hasn't been in vain. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Now, you're running the London Marathon, as I said, with a sighted guide. I take it that sighted guide is not you, Terry, obviously. No. But you will be cheering her on, yes? Oh, yes. Oh, that's brilliant. And uh, we will be rooting for you as well, Francesca. We really will. Obviously, if anybody wants to support you, uh, which I'm sure so many people listening will want to, uh, you have a Just Giving page. Do you want to give us the details of that? Uh, yeah, it's it's on the Virgin Money Just Giving page. And if you type my name, Francesca Bowen, then it should come up. Fantastic. Ladies, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you both today. The very best of luck for the future to both of you. And uh, thank you for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.